The Amazon effect is oftentimes thought about as a need to sell direct to the customer. How do we get as close to them as possible? Now, we say end customer, we think about the contractor, the builder, the owner, but many people miss out on thinking about how do they sell direct more effectively to the dealer. On today's episode, we bring on a manufacturer who's actually white labeling their product and selling at mass quantities to dealers and helping them be more effective in the business that they're trying to grow. It is a fascinating story on how you can scale and grow without massive overhead, all while still protecting your margins and building your true brand. This is an awesome episode. I'm excited to share it with you. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have a great show planned for you today. We've got actually our first show almost or halfway on the job site. We've got TJ Norris, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing for PCI Construction Products, and he is on a job site as we speak. But TJ, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you on with us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on the show. So TJ, you've got a pretty eclectic background. You are a bit of a renaissance man slash do-it-all in building products. For our listeners out there, why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of background in your role at PCI Construction Products, as well as what you do across the entire industry? Yeah, so with PCI Construction Products, I've been with them for 10 years, and I started out doing some construction product testing for them. So basically, I was stuck in a room running tests on all the inbound goods that we were receiving and making sure that it checked out and everything like that. So that's that's where I got started. And then the more that I did that, I was finding ways to improve the process. It allowed us to start kind of reverse integrating to where we didn't need a lot of the outside processing. So we started developing some of our own materials. And what we realized was we were jumping into a lot of Me Too markets, right? But in those Me Too's, no one was adding value add. So that's kind of when everything became, you know, the perfect plan. And they said, TJ, we need you to run this division. We need you to, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And you know, just keep using your mind of how we can add the value adds to these commoditized items. And that's, that's kind of what I do today still. So forgive me, what are you actually producing and selling? And then who are you selling to? All right. So we are kind of a niche. We work with the insulation world and we do a lot of the commoditized items. So if you're in spray foam world, we manufacture a lot of the spray foam suits, right? And we do every kind you can imagine there. There's actually currently there's seven material differences out there. And then each one has the ability to be customized with hoods or boots or, you know, wrists, ankles, cuffs, whatever. And so that's one of the little commodity items. We also manufacture the insulation removal bags for a lot of the retrofit and pest uh, remediation guys that go in and have to vacuum out all the old existing insulation in an attic space before they go in and put the new insulation in. So we manufacture that little throwaway bag. So those are two like super commoditized things. That's like super niche. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Like they're like, wait, you mean there's someone in the United States that does that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's kind of what we do. We, we do the down and dirty pieces that not a lot of people do. But what you'll find is, traditionally speaking, it's all non-woven and split film woven, polypropylenes, polyethylenes, and polyesters. And that's, that's what we do. That's our bread and butter. The parent company for PCI Construction Products has been around for 30 years as a material manufacturer, converter, and packager in that realm of product line. And so then I guess our claim to fame is our insulguard fabrics. So we 
work with the blown-in insulation. There's a couple of trademark terms I, I got to be careful not to say, but basically net and blow dense pack fiberglass cellulose insulation where, you know, it's the most high performance, most cost-effective insulation system on the planet. And we work with a lot of the insulation manufacturers and a lot of the mainline distributors out there to provide those wall fabrics for custom suit applications. Gotcha. And so you oversee sales and marketing for PCI. And the thing I thought was really interesting, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners, you are the only true rep. Is that right? Are you the only true rep for PCI? Just me, yeah. it's just you. How much business are you guys doing? How much are you doing just with one rep? And, and share with our listeners, all the different territories and, and what's the size of book of business you guys are doing with just one rep? So in the PCI world, we're covering most of North America. With, with the majority being in the United States. And then, you know, second would be Canada. We also do a little bit in, in Europe with the same style products. And basically what we've done is we've tapped into this methodology that I came up with because it just it made my life hard in the beginning, but I was willing to kind of eat crow to, to make sure that we got set up the right way. And it's a push to the top because what I figured was if I, if I could make my relationships at the top with these organizations and prove the concept, show the quality, you know, get in front of the right people with the value add that they would allow me then to turn around and train their regionals who would train their districts, who would train their locals. And then all of a sudden we would have this trickle down effect of our products winding up in all these different markets. And that's exactly what's happened. And it's still happening. You know, like I say, it's a slow start, but you would be amazed at how quickly you start growing. The more you keep pounding the pavement, so to speak, at the top. And so, yeah, so we have a huge market, a huge market and it's, it's a little overwhelming. So what we've done, you know, I'm the only rep, but I do have a team of two people <laughs> that sit in an office and answer the phones and direct people to product literature and get orders entered and, and make sure you keep the wheels moving, you know, and uh, I'm proud to say we're the leanest division of the parent company that there is uh, the whole operation. I have seven people on the manufacturing side, two people on the office side, and myself. So, you know, in a company that employs hundreds of people to run other divisions, we, we really hang our hat on the nail that we created this opportunity to, to be streamlined, lean, mean, and virtually unseen in the, the trade show world. And we don't have a lot of connection to the contractor. And, mm. you know, so now that we've developed these big sales channels, we're, we're redeveloping. How do we now go talk to the contractors, provide trainings and and start doing some of that pull through marketing. So TJ, it's pretty remarkable how much you guys have grown and it's just basically you. Like you guys are just killing it. Talk to me a little bit more about this methodology because you were, you were sharing with me how you think the building product space is changing. Like a lot of manufacturers, they don't even know it. They could potentially be going out of business because they're not changing the way that they build relationships and connect with people and sell through them. T- talk with us a little bit about that. Well, you know, and know everybody says it, the Amazon effect. But the way the Amazon effect hit the construction industry is completely different than the way it hit retail. So what ended up happening is, is they educated the buyer. Oh, yeah. They educated the end user. And like I say, it doesn't correlate 100% over to the construction products world the way it did in retail. You know, man, I, I'm sure there's a lot of big retailers that would like to go back and punt, you know, and, and start over. But in construction products world, what's happened is, you know, the market is smart. Oh yeah, and they want to buy cost effectively. They want to know and and that they're getting the best deal that they can possibly get. And so, what's happened is is they get smarter and they realize what products are commoditized. They know what products are you know the the most 
available, you know, and they love to create competition. You know, yeah. I mean, you've already seen you've seen it in the real estate world. Look at lending, right? The rocket mortgage people. Hey, when banks compete, you win. You know, so the last fifteen years has done nothing but educate people on how to buy better. So when that comes back into the building world, you have a lot of things happening. The, the distributors are overwhelmed right now with products, and there's for every one solid product, there's fifteen me too, right? Me too, and a penny cheaper, right? So that mentality is crazy. And so what you end up doing, and this happened over and over and over, is you come in and say, hey, me too for a penny less. And, and then the next guy comes back and he cuts his price and you get in these bid wars and nobody wins. Nobody wins. Contractors getting a far less quality product today than he was five years ago because we've continually beat down the cost of our of our sales. And in order to maintain our facilities, we've had to degrade our products from what they were when we initially started to what they are today. And it's crazy. And then because the distributors understand that there's too many products, they're getting smarter. So, you know, like for me to to be a guy that's out developing products and I rely 100% on distribution, we don't sell contractors. You know, I would have to have a thousand reps if I dealt with contractors. It it would be crazy. My model, I rely 100% on distribution. I won't even talk to a contractor about pricing, but they are smart. And they want to put their name on products and they're learning how to source products and create their own brands and offer these, especially in the commodity markets. So my methodology of being at the top and working down allows me to have those conversations with these distributors a year in advance of them implementing it, right? So I guess let's back up and talk about the traditional way. And you, you stop me if you need to. But no, this is good. The tr- What's, fu- what's funny yeah. about this is we've interviewed a couple distributor dealers recently, and a common thread is that a lot of these guys are starting to produce their own materials. Now, they're not, they're not producing everything they sell, but they're starting to because, man, their margins are getting squeezed. They're saying, how do we keep our profit where it needs to be? And they're just looking at the space and saying, what are we selling that we could replicate? And so I want to hear from you, you know, really break down this methodology and how this could apply to any manufacturer who might be listening. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's what I was getting ready to say is, Let's talk about the traditional beat the streets, right? Yeah. So you've got a product, you've got a manufacturing facility, and you've got millions tied up in this. And you've got to run your machines. You know, you got to make product. So you got to go hire people to get it out on into the distribution hands, into the contractor's hands, however. So you go in, you hire a bunch of reps, you know, and some of them will be direct employee. A lot of them be 1099 rep groups, whatever. That's a dead horse in my opinion. You know, you go in, you give one guy territory, you give him a list and he goes around, he, you know, he knocks on all the doors and let's just say he's a hell of a closer and does a great job, right? He could be the most successful rep and really be the backbone of your sales in a certain region or maybe even the whole country. And what happens is, is if you're focusing on beating on the doors and building the smaller relationships first in today's economy. What happens when your product's in there and you've built your brand rather than your service and your product? You've built your brand and you go in and you're door knocking, door knocking, door knocking, and you're building it small sales, right? Pallet sale, pallet sale, pallet sale. Yeah. Now, let's just say that you're doing 10 times the amount that I'm doing, but I'm doing truckload sale, truckload sale from the top down, okay? And you're out there killing the market. And all of a sudden, someone in corporate they have a meeting and they say, you know what? I believe we could reverse integrate here. We could offer this as our own private branding, right? 
And they're not going to go put in the millions of dollars to make the product you, you're doing right now. But they're going to go back to one manufacturer, maybe two, and they're going to say, hey, guys, put this in our box, our label, our thing, and we're going to buy it truckload direct. We're going to put it through our distribution hubs, and we're going to you know, break it down all the way down to the bottom. I'm going to get that business, and you're going to miss out. Even though you were king yesterday, the whole thing can crumble if you don't have those right relationships. So you're talking about selling direct, like you're going to sell to this dealer distributor. You're going to allow them to basically white label your product, right? Oh yeah. Cause you're going to give it to them on the truckload. Why is that working today? Like, why is that not something people have done in the past? Instead, they, they've got this old way of thinking like, why is that something new? Well, because they go to Amazon and they Google a shirt and they see the shirt they want. And then right beside it is the Amazon basics version mm-hmm. and it's $3 cheaper. You know, look again, it's a trickle down from what has happened in retail. So you want me to be real frank? I think the distributor's conversation is, how do we stay relevant? Oh, yeah, it's true. Because what prohibits someone from doing to our industry what's happened? And it's going to happen. You know, I think the only way distributors are going to be able to stay relevant is to continue to offer a value-added service platform to handle those materials effectively, get them on the job sites, you know, and and do the things that us as manufacturers we ain't gonna. We're not gonna do that. We we run machines, right? We mm-hmm. we have a product that we're making, not a service necessarily out to the contractors that use our products. And a lot of times, my products are used in conjunction with several other products before you know to do the the whole project. So that's where the distributors have to focus: is how can we continue to add service? How do we continue to educate our customers and teach them that our services are warranted? You know that you don't buy direct. But here's what's happening. A lot of manufacturers, I'm, I'm seeing it every day, and it's more and more prevalent. And I had a conversation with a huge national distributor back in January out in Vegas, and he was saying, you know, our problem is, is this has become such a commodity. Now, there's so many people that are selling a pallet at a time to the contractor. Oh, yeah. They're selling direct? Is that what you mean? They're yeah. just going directly to the contractor. Selling yeah. them direct, cutting yeah. the distributor out. Yep. And he's like, you know, what do I do to combat that? And here's what I'd say. You're never going to combat it. It's always going to exist in today's market. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're smart enough to say, let me sell you my service, you could win that conversation a million to one. You want me to tell you why this exists? What Right now in our field, it's not because of demand. There's not an overwhelming populace of contractors going to manufacturers saying, we really need to be able to buy direct because we're just not able to live off our margins. It's not true. Even when they're paying distributor markups, right? It exists because manufacturers have created it. And it's because they're under the old system. They've got all these reps. They've went out. They've pounded the pavement, but they lost the big goal. They lost it because they didn't know the people at the top. They didn't know the people that were going to be making those corporate decisions. They didn't know the people who were going to you know, create the white label product. They weren't in that conversation. Hold on a second. When you say people at the top, who are you referring to? Are you saying people at the top of the dealers, the distributors? That's who you're referring to? They don't have a relationship with them. Yeah, man. I start I literally, and it takes forever but, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying I don't go see the local level guys, but I'm always asking them, hey, who's your district manager? You know, hey, and when I talk to that district guy, hey, who's your regional? Who's your supply chain director? Who's that guy? Who's his boss? And I'm always building the connection. And I'm not doing it to, you know, to talk down or come across as boasters, you know, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm simply building the bridge because I go out and get pallet business all the time. And, and I'm sorry I say pallet and truck. That's just yep, the way we it's talk, okay. it's good. Right? We got small sale, big sale. And, but, you know, I go out and get the pallet business all the time. But when I'm doing it, I'm building the bridge back to the office that houses the guy 
who could potentially have this conversation. I want him to know. And, and honestly, my sales, when I come in with my products, I come in and sell my company first, my product second, and my brand as a fourth option. I sell myself as I have the best product. We're the best company. We can be very cost competitive. And I offer them the white label program before I even mention my brand. And a lot of people would be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Mm. But instead of investing millions of dollars in marketing my brand, I invest that money into marketing my product. I don't care what box it's in. It's still better than anybody else's. I don't care what label it is. You know, that's the secret to the business. And that's how I can service multiple distributors at the same time and maintain an equal balance for my products. It's a different name. It's a different brand from this side of the street to this side of the street. You know, it's a smarter way to approach the market, I think. You know, and it ain't like I'm just some genius that thought of this. It was I was on a budget, man. It was just me. I had to be yeah. creative. Well, let me ask you this. Let me play devil's advocate with you. So, you know, you're going to the top of these dealers. You're finding the boss, if you will. You're trying to build a relationship with them. You're white labeling your product. You essentially are cutting yourself out from owning that customer and saying, hey, dealer, distributor, you own the customer. I'll supply the product. What's stopping that dealer or distributor from saying, hey, we've worked with TJ in the past, but there's another cheaper product that might be of equal quality, and then your, your book of business is gone? Because like, that, like, that's exactly what I would think. Is like You don't really own the customer. You just own that relationship with that dealer. How are you holding on to that so that you don't get cut out and you're continuing to build your business? Okay, so that's a super fair, right? And in the beginning, you're rolling the dice, okay? When we first started rolling out, the first customer was a, a regional pilot, you know, guy that I was just, I was ecstatic to get. The second one was a global conglomerate that wanted a white label. And to this day, they buy more of my product than I sell of, you know, combined everything else. And you know what I do? It's the same thing I do on the customer. But see, I got to take my brain out of it. I can't let their customers be my customer. That's not what I'm here to do. My job is to make them my customer and treat them like so, not like they're the middleman of my product. What I treat them like is you're the customer. I want you to understand why I'm a huge service to you. Let me show you how my distribution centers interact with your distribution centers. Let me show you how my you know, ERP setup, let me show you how streamlined I can be. Let me show you how quick I can deliver. Now go find that cheaper. You can't. And I don't sell off the dollar. I sell a service platform so much like I was saying, the distributors need to focus to the, their customers. That's how I focus on mine. And I sell the fact that I know there's no one else that has a better product. And there's definitely no one who can offer the service that we'll give you. And I believe that. And that's how I maintain it. So yeah, I, dude, I get it. I get it all the time. They'll open up, you know, RFQs for my product category, you know, but what's really cool and I'm enjoying it right now because not a lot of people are doing what I'm doing is. I go to these things. No one even knows who I am, right? <laughs> I show up and there's seven or eight guys there with their brand and they've got, you know, and I mean, I've got a brand. This is my brand, but you know, they're sitting there. They're, they've spent the millions at the trade show. They've got posters on the walls of every store. They do all these things and it's just me. And I roll up with blank white pieces of paper and, you know, my product demo. I don't, it's a, I've created a stress-free environment for me. I don't have to compete on who's got the better marketing literature, who's got the better packaging. I literally compete on, I can offer, you know, as good or better products as anybody in the market, but I blow everybody away with my service opportunities and I'm strategically located. And what I've done is, again, thinking small, right, is we're big now. 
but we, we didn't start that way. So what I've done is, you know, marketing is key in anything you do. It is the key. But I learned a long time ago, I don't want my brand to be known. I want my service to be known because at the end of the day, if the brand went away, my plant's still going to be here. We still got to run machines. That's the bread and butter to the organization. Well, you're marketing your service. You're not marketing your product. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. You asked me, TJ, how do, how do you do it? How's one guy do the whole thing? How many contractors are in the United States of America? Oh, hundreds of thousands. How many distributors? A couple thousand. And I'm not talking about branches. I'm just mean names. That's a hell of a lot smaller list, isn't it? I made my life easier. You did. Now, and here's what's interesting too, is you've basically taken the Amazon. Like what makes Amazon special? It's speed, it's service, it's ease, right? That's right. You're taking that and you're saying, hey, our product is great. We're not going to compete on product because you could splice it any different way. But what I can give you is something they can't. It's that platform. It's You know it, what it is, TJ? And you haven't even said this word. It's technology. Yeah. You've got a technology platform. You've got a service-oriented business that's helping you get in with companies and sell at a volume that other people can't without as much overhead or many people. And that, to your point, it's, it's making your life easier. It's brilliant. Well, you know, it's brilliant. And the funny thing is, is when I knew brand was, was it wasn't a sales factor anymore, was when my dad bought a Ford pickup. Tell me more. What do you mean? And, you know, you're talking about a man with a heartbeat of America Chevrolet t-shirts on, uh-huh. you know? And when I realized that was, he goes, man, it, it was a good value. The lot that was, it was closer to my house. They, they got competitive on the numbers. And the fact that he no longer cared what was on the front of his truck, it blew my mind. And, and I realized, man, everyone I talk to, they don't care what's on the box. You know what? Nine out of 10 of my customers use my brand and they help promote it. And we'll do that, you know? But I want to offer you my service and my product alone to start. That's 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 the secret sauce. That's awesome. Me. Well, TJ, man, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I literally see concrete trucks, big dump trucks driving behind you. I know you're like busy, but this has been awesome. If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Anywhere on social media. So I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I'm I'm a big player on the Instagram market. Oh, you are. <laughs> Tell me. What's your Instagram cool. handle? So at I am TJ Norris and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. I mean, that's where I live every day. I just found that to be a a really good inroad for product knowledge because all the guys are on there posting stuff all the time and I get a one up on finding what's the big problem that I can solve. That's cool, man. (laughs) That's cool. Well, TJ, thanks so much. Again, we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes too. But again, if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I am Zach Williams. Thanks everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikolas. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.